This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Imma. I live in Scotland. Hi, I'm Jen and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Oladanji and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki and I live in Paris. Hey, I'm Rod. I'm from Peru. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, I'm Jen. Hi, I'm Olabanji. Hi, I'm Liki. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about climate change and wildlife facts. So who's got some things to talk about? Um, I think you should go first because I don't have a lot of facts. It's actually a story. It's more a story that I have to share. Okay. Well, I just, I have a couple of positive facts. I have some negative facts. I have some weird things. And so maybe I'll hmm. just, I'll just share two for now and then we can go around and you can tell your story and Olabanji, you can share. How does that sound? Sounds great. <laughs> okay. So here's a, here's a positive fact. In the Philippines, there is a law by which all graduating students have to plant 10 trees before they're allowed to graduate. Isn't really? that cool? <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. But how do they plant the trees? I like... don't know. I just read the fact and I thought, oh, that's interesting. They have they they are given trees and they have to then decide where to plant them and plant them and prove that they've planted them or else they can't graduate from high school. If I have to do that, I have no idea where I can I can plant them because I live in the city, so I'm not going to plant trees somewhere. I'm not allowed to do so. So well, I'm sure if they're not allowed to graduate, they have a whole system set up so they know where to do it. But, <laughs> but I thought that was amazing because that would be a lot of students, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Wow. I would think so. Can, can they do it online? Because there's, now there are some websites you can plant trees as well. Can they do it this way? You don't know. You mean plant pretend trees? <laughs> yeah. What would be the point? I don't get that. <laughs> no, no. Go online. Now there are websites for, uh, you know, you can plant trees through. There are some services online where you can plant trees. Oh. So if they have no space near where they live or well, they have no access to land to plant trees, can they do it online and, like, you know, make it plant somewhere else? That's a really good I think question. we should I, ask them. We should. If anybody <laughs> is out there listening and knows, if you live in the Philippines, then let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Do you want do you want another positive one or a negative one or a weird one? What do you want? I want a uh, weird one. I, I like weird. weird oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Great. We love weird stuff. We love weird. Okay. Yeah. So, so here's weird. Some warm-blooded animals are experiencing shifts in their body shapes, and they figure it's a response to the pressures of climate change. Um, so some animals are getting larger beaks and longer legs and bigger ears to allow them to regulate body temperature as the planet gets hotter. And, uh, and they're talking uh, in particular about birds. And there was a researcher at, um, at Deakin University in Australia 
and they've published a um, uh, a journal called Trends in Ecology and Evolution. And they've got about uh, there's an Australian parrot that its beak size has gone from four percent to ten percent in size since 1871. This isn't fast, but isn't that interesting? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, but you know, I've. That um, I've read somewhere that you know climate change is doing all this thing in um, not only on the body but also in the behavior of, of mm-hmm. animals. Like there's mm-hmm. this. Um, I've just read an article yesterday talking about birds on the on the coast, and it was very funny. It was written in a very funny way. It's like you know um, now that um, I think it's seagulls. Um, you know, seagulls go to uh, they you know they eat fish in the oceans, and because you know there's the, the whole um problem with um with overfishing and they don't have enough fish to eat and so now they go to eat in people's plates and though oh, these wow. articles say that if you go you know there's some places it, it said okay be careful you know when you eat uh you need to protect your plate what's on your plate because there will be seagulls coming to to steal yourself your food that's I did a bit. funny i mean it is funny I, but it's <laughs> I did a video recently where there was a seagull right in front of me as I sat at the beach to eat fish and chips. And it was talking uh-huh. to me and it was doing wow. everything it could do to get the food in my plate. It was right there, but it didn't come and get it. But they're huge. They're so big. They're bigger they, than a cat. They are. <laughs> yes, they are. And actually the scary thing is that I didn't pay attention to it, but during the lockdown in Paris in mm. uh, in 2020, I noticed that there were a lot of seagulls in Paris, inside Paris. And Paris is like three hours drive from from the coast. So they're not supposed to be in Paris. And then I started researching and I found out it's because there's not enough food on the coast. So they have to travel all the way to where there's more people, more food. And Mm -hmm. now they are in Paris. And so it's a little bit scary, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, facts and stories. What have you got? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, my story. Well, actually, it's not just a fact. It's a long story. So can I share it? Because it's kind of um, defeats the purpose of of this discussion. What do you think? I think you should share it. Yeah, share it. (laughs) Okay, so, okay. (laughs) Um, The other day... I went to the movie and I saw a beautiful, a wonderful movie, which is called uh, Lulana, A Yak mm-hmm. in the Classroom. A Yak in the Classroom, basically. Have you heard about, wow. have you watched this movie? It's, no. it's a movie that was filmed in Bhutan. And it's, um, it's the story of a teacher, a um, a trainee teacher who's in Bhutan and um, his dream is not to teach but to be a singer in Australia and so while he's you know getting his training he was not behaving very well so to punish him the government uh, decided to send him very very far away in the most remote school in in the country and probably in the world and it was very very far away because uh, um, in the film you see that there's um, there's like five days drive and then uh, ten days of walking to get there up to the mountains and um, and it's a beautiful beautiful movie I'm, I'm not going to tell you any more of this because it's it's a, it's just beautiful 
And I did not realize, but Bhutan is a very, very magical country. So I looked yeah. up, um, I looked up online to see, you know, how, how do you do it? And I learned things that are fascinating about Bhutan. Mm-hmm. Bhutan is a tiny country and it's mm-hmm. actually landlocked between India and China, and particularly uh, Tibet in China. And it's a very, very small country of 700,000 inhabitants, but it's in the Himalayas. And it's, it's, it's really beautiful. And then actually, Bhutan is the first carbon negative country in the world. Wow. It means that they, yeah. yeah, they act, they work as a carbon sink. And why do they do this? Is actually they, I think it's um it's a combination. Well, actually, it's the it's the leadership I think and um, mm-hmm. of the king in the seventies that decided that okay, uh, we are very blessed and we live in such a beautiful country and we need to preserve our environment. So from the seventies, it's in the law in the constitution that um, they decided to put the environment first. Mm-hmm. And um, and keep, I think, 60% of the uh, land covered with forest. So it's in the constitution yeah. that they need to keep at 60% to maintain that. Today, there's 70%. So they're doing even more than that. Yeah. Like a lot of countries in Asia at that time, it was a poor country. It's still, you know, it's still not very well developed. But also because I think it's somehow they don't want to be developed too much because they come up with a new index to measure the progress of a country, which is the GNH, which stands for the Gross National Happiness Index. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So they measure yeah. development. Um, they measure development with values, you know, the, the values and the values, happiness of the people and the happiness of the people is how they enjoy lives and the interactions with each other and nature and um, and all these things. So this is um this is what the decision that they made in the 70s. And they, it's such a beautiful country. And so they are carbon neutral. Well, actually, no, they work as a carbon sink. So they absorb. Yeah. But the, I mean, the sad thing is that because it's a very mountainous country with a lot of, um, you know, with a lot of glaciers and rivers, um, climate change hit them quite badly, very, very badly, in fact. In the Constitution, they state that they want to have 60% of their um, the land covered with forest. And the other thing is that um, half of its uh, land should be dedicated to, um, to preserve the wildlife. But it's not only that. So today there's more than 50% um, dedicated to the, the wildlife conservation. But what they did is that they decided to develop what they call the, the biological uh, corridor. So all the wildlife, all the, um, all the sanctuaries are connected. And why they do that? It's for the animals to go from one, you know, from reserve to another one. And they have, you know, there are things that are absolutely fabulous that are happening. They have spotted a tiger living in, um, in a like subtropical forest jungle. And then two years after, they found the same tiger up in the mountains at like, I don't know, 4,000 meters because the tiger has traveled through this corridor. 
That's a beautiful oh. place. That's so amazing, right? That's a really holistic approach. <laughs> it yeah, is, yeah. This this is so great. I'm glad that you brought it up. I've been reading about this country for a while now, and it just amazes me, right? I've seen some of the stories about the, the biological corridors as well. Um, it's just great. That's about the example that we need, right? Like, how can a country be so dedicated to, you know, preserving... I mean, when you think about gross national happiness, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though. <laughs> right? That's that's weird. But but come on. Like, that's cool. Right? It like, is cool. Like, how how do you... It's just it's just cool. Well, don't they have something similar, Leaky, in, in the Netherlands with um, with Hygge? Hygge? I don't know how to say it. H-Y-Y-G-E? They might have something similar, but it's quite new. Oh. Uh, I think it's quite new. I think I've read that something like that similar in the news, like, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of days ago. But in Bhutan, it's been happening for for like uh, dozens of years. But the problem is that because it's a country that is in the Himalayas and uh, and because of the melting of the of the glaciers, there are a lot of rivers there. The country is very, very badly hit by climate change. Because yeah. of you know of the flooding and everything that um, that destroy everything uh, when the when the rivers flow over its bed, and so then the governments look at okay what can we do because um because they don't have a lot of money because they put happiness first right, and so then this decided to create. Uh, well, actually, um, they look at what they need to be done and they realize that they need um. It, they they need to do things and um, and like start implementing and making the infrastructure stronger uh, for a minimum of fifteen years. But you know, as the prime minister said, we don't have fifteen years. The world does not have fifteen years. So yeah. they decide to yeah. So they decide to set up a fund in conjunction with the WWF. The while yeah world wildlife um fund was yeah and so yeah so they set up a fund to help them fund the infrastructure and everything that needs to be developed in bhutan to help them cope with climate change and mm. and you know the way they're doing it, it's really amazing um because they're not only doing it in like, you know, uh, re- reinforcing the, the buildings and everything, but they are really trying to keep the, you know, people living the same kind of life and enjoying the uh, the exposure with nature. And so what they're trying to do is to keep these people living in rural area and, mm-hmm. um, and help them, um, you know, help them in many ways, like, you know, providing free electricity. So they can, um, they're not tempted to, to cut wood and use wood to, to lit fire. They also help them to build, like, you know, to build businesses, like small businesses there where mm. they live. And so they can mm. keep living there. And also the other beautiful thing, and I think I'm talking too much. It's <laughs> okay. It's a good story. Keep going. <laughs> But the, the other beautiful <laughs> thing is that, okay, the electricity is generated by hydropower because there are a lot of dams there. 
And so part mm. of the plan is to export electricity. And so, and this, the money of this fund will be used for that as well. You know, helping people, helping them build dams and all that. And it's, it's quite successful, actually. And then, so they model something that is called the project finance for permanence. This is something I find mm. beautiful. You know, it's the model, the, the first, the Asia's first project finance for permanence, the PFP model. I think it's I think it's great. That's wow. fantastic. What a what a bunch of stuff to figure out. That's amazing. Huh. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. that they've been doing it for so long. Wow. And Olabanji, you yeah. said you've been reading about this country. What what have you learned? Yeah, uh, I I mean, and Linky has mentioned a lot about it. Um I think like the culture perhaps that's what amazes me the most, right? How people are able to, like, keep the culture, right? A lot of things have happened since the 70s, which, like, when they started, like, there's been technological advancements. There's been a lot of things that that have happened since then. I I saw a guy on a TEDx uh, talk, you know, and he was dressed in the, I think he was dressed in the, the local attire and they have such like big pockets um in in their dressing and he was happy to wear that everywhere and talk about their you know all the stuff that they're doing and the culture which is really amazing to me right like how do how do you like be a country in the midst of like like you know a lot of powerful countries like that small and be able to maintain a culture for for more than 50 years that's that's really amazing, and 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 to the fact that he said, uh, I mean, while they were thinking about it and saying like, the, we don't have fifteen years, right? Yes. Um, and treating it with that level of urgency is is very very needful, right? And and that shows that like, hey, we're not here to just like, you know, like it's serious. Um, I think it was the. Um, it's probably WWF that published this report as well, um, and they say they say that um, oh this this was NPS they they estimated that thirty five percent of animals and plants could become extinct in the wild by mm. twenty fifty due to global climate change, and so saying that we don't have fifteen years is very spot on because just about in just about 15 years, we might already be losing about 35% of wildlife in general. Um, yeah. Actually, I think we watched some TED talk. The man in the traditional suit is the prime minister of the yeah. country. And <laughs> yeah, he's the oh, prime, he's the prime he minister. Very, very. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. But he said something very, very interesting. Um, he said that, yeah. When they, they have this decided, the country decided to preserve the environment over money, it's because the king mm-hmm. at that time had a vision. And um, mm. because it is a monarchy, still a monarchy, mm-hmm. but in the 70s, the king decided to impose democracy Yeah, on, on the country because they didn't have mm. democracy. He was a very high-powered monarch with no counter power mm. and decided, okay, well, if we want to do it well, if we want to survive, we need more democracy. 
And so wow. he set the constitution. And in this constitution, they describe what they need to live, you know, for a country to thrive. And so that's mm. the whole, you know, the whole concept of, um, you know, uh, the uh, the GNH and uh, and the seventy percent, sixty percent of forest and everything. Yeah. So yeah, how did they do it? I think you know, people in power had a vision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and any trickles down. I wonder if down. they plant trees to graduate. <laughs> 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 And that's very similar to what Josh was saying, uh, you know, yesterday, right? Like reaching out to people in position, people in power to like get them to see the need and the urgency, you know, to make this change and influence the people that, you know, that fall within their sphere of influence, right? That's really interesting. Yeah. But going back to your remark, Jen, I don't think they have to plant trees to graduate because they have enough trees. They don't need to plant more trees. Yeah. Isn't that brilliant? Wouldn't that be brilliant to, to be able to say that? We don't need to because we have enough already. Oh, my goodness. Hashtag goals, people. Yeah, goals. No, really, but... because the goal no the goal is 60% and they are over 70%. So they don't need to plant more trees. Yeah, so it's doable. It's doable. I, I think this is a matter of priority as well, right? Like for a country to have gross national happiness, right? Like just just think about it. like who sat down and said, "Hey guys, we're measuring our success as a country by happiness." <laughs> it's, it's just like I gotta do something on this. <laughs> yeah, like those like those are real humans, right? Like they come together and say, "Hey." Like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we we want to be happy yeah. as a people. And that's that's probably the most mind blowing thing uh okay. that a country okay. has ever you... done. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you want more about I... Bhutan? Because <laughs> because I looked it up and thought, okay, well, I would love to go to this country and visit this country. Mm. And then I research. And actually, they don't want too many tourists there. I uh, bet they don't. <laughs> yeah, they don't want too many tourists. And um, I think that you need to, I mean, in order to get a visa, you need to spend, I think, 200 or $300 a day per day of stay there. So that eliminates a whole bunch of people. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, tourism brings a lot of, uh, a lot of things into the mix. You know, yeah. cruise cruise ships and airplanes and all of those things. Um, yeah, it's yeah. A big, it's a big consideration. Mm -hmm. mm. And 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 more importantly, I think it brings people that do not yet understand the culture. Mm. Right. So and, for three hundred dollars a day, yeah. Yeah. and for yeah. three hundred dollars a day, you have to really <laughs> understand the culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh that's amazing yeah. well now i have to go find this ted talk because now i'm intrigued thank you oh, i'm going this. to share it with you yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah we're going to share it with you and ola benji we've been talking a lot about bhutan so anything you want to share uh, uh okay I, I have bad news but i think i'll share the good news <laughs> <laughs> You can um, share if you share bad news. You need to share good news. So you have to. You need to share two pieces of news. Then. Share two pieces of news. 
Okay, okay. Um, so first off, the emperor penguin are now an endangered species, and they're oh. threatened due to like climate change, and and this was very recent, um, because the the Antarctic ice is also threatened. So that puts them in like grave danger of survival. Um, that's 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 the bad news. Um, but the good news is I found I found a guy that has single-handedly with his team planted 5,000 trees. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And and he was recognized by the the World Economic Forum. And they um, I think he's won a couple of sustainability and environment award. And he was I wouldn't say I lived close to him, but we were uh, you know, not so far from each other. And I and I didn't even know that that someone around me was going about planting trees with people. Um, sorry, did I say 5,000? Yes. Oh, actually, it's 25,000 trees. Oh, my word. Oh. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's more. Yeah, 25,000 yeah. trees. And, and I think it, it accelerated when he started getting people from other countries to also plant trees. And they, they got together in a community and... He got about five thousand volunteers, um, and and they planted twenty five thousand trees together. Um, and reading that just filled me with hope. Like, oh, wow! The power of what one person can do, hey? Yeah, I almost feel. But, I mean, yeah, I feel like then then I felt guilty, right? Like, I mean, I plant trees on Ecosia every day, but like, I I think I want to go out and put some seed in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah if yeah. everyone did something right if everybody did something that's why we have these conversations mm. yeah yes and and back to the fact that <laughs> yeah it's it's i i used to be scared i'm i'm less scared now but like when we when we read the news like it, it calls for like very, very urgent action. Um, and so as much as we hope, um, we, we have to allow our hope to translate to something that is effective, um, like Bhutan and, and, and do something meaningful for the environment. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the emperor penguins are one of the most beautiful, (laughs) (laughs) uh, creature that i mean they're wonders to see so knowing that they might not be anymore um we we need to no i think you you need to look at the bright side that means Mm -hmm. that you know if this uh, species has been identified as an endangered species uh people will pay attention Uh, it's like the panda panda has been an endangered species for a long time but it's i think it has it has um upgraded like it's not so <laughs> endangered now because people Anymore. have been paying a lot of attention and really uh, you know caring about you know preserving um this species mm. so don't be too sad that's 
that's oh, what I'm then, then I'm looking on the bright side. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that 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 actually helped. <laughs> no, no, the bright side is that that it's not you know the the species that could just disappear well anybody noticing mm-hmm. it. That's noticing. very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I've had a lot of fun today. It's been really amazing. <laughs> Me too. I've learned a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Thank you. And, my and my story was Nikki way for, too long. Sorry. Oh, it's <laughs> great. It was a great story. We <laughs> enjoyed it. Okay. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.